beautiful Ayala. First one in. We know the song so well. We're going to bypass any elongated periods of music right now. I want to get into it directly. Yes, I love you too. Much, much hearts. My hands are full right now, but you know how I feel about y'all. Say it from the mountaintops. I love you righteously, and you're one of the most beautiful women ever to walk the earth. You know that. Anyway, how does my sound sound, Sister Oyala? Just let me know. I'll continue talking. And we're going to get right to the point person misses it it means that they're gonna to have to go back and go to the beginning this is not gonna be the stereotypical fatherless home baby mama blaming you know type situation thank you thank you well you look perfect <laughs> so yes um but i will get on some points that are very very unsettling that many of us do know I feel that with this particular topic, and I had to spell it out, I couldn't just say fatherless homes and not say baby mamas. I could have said fatherless homes and hardworking mothers, which some baby mamas are hardworking. Some of them just might spend their money the wrong way. There's so many, so many different factors that I couldn't even really cover everything, but we have to start somewhere, okay? I'm gonna read pieces of articles to start, not that that's all the cure-all and, and the final word on this topic, but I wanted to start somewhere. I wanted to offer my opinions and insights. And anybody who wanted to come in and, and call in, you know, just let me know. I can drop the link and you can join in the discussion. And I'll say it again several times during the show. Here's an article from the New York Post, which I don't trust them anyway, but I read it and it seemed to be pretty much all right. Maybe they're getting better. The New York Post is a newspaper with a, hmm, how can I say? Maybe sixth grade reading level, maybe lower than that, okay? But it, it's been known in the past to have things that are quite slightly racist, quite racist. So I'm just taking the content for what it is. Here's, an, here's, here's the title. Black kids deserve better than fatherless homes and low expectations, okay? Today, more Black Americans are more likely to enter a church to attend a funeral than they are to celebrate a wedding. We are a community in crisis with fatherless homes, near non-existent marriage rates, and spiraling Black-on-Black -black crime challenging us to the core. Okay? Okay, what did I just do here? All right. We must chart a new course. As a boy, I lived in poverty. I'm reading this from somebody else. This is not me. I lived in poverty with my divorced mother in the gang and drug infested housing projects of the late 1960s in Harlem. From there, I was uprooted to a trailer park in Oklahoma to live with my father. I've witnessed how government sanctioned poverty and uh, failing inner city schools impacted my own family. All three of my siblings never finished high school and all three ended up incarcerated. My mother, in despair, eventually took her own life in 1988, as said. And I blame the powers that be on that. By the grace of God, I escaped that life, got an education, married, and raised five children, now aged 18 to 28. 
who are serving their communities. Whereas all of my siblings experienced a revolving door of partners and relationships, I am the only one among us who has remained with one spouse. I pledge that my family would never experience the insecurity of a broken family or the poverty and violence of the slums, but I want the same for my community too. Black families were stronger during the worst periods of American history than they are today. Since 1968, there has been a fourfold increase in the number of unmarried parents, according to Pew Research. But census data shows this trend especially applies to black families. In 2020, just 41.3% of black kids were growing up in a two-parent home, compared to 78.6% of white kids. Most black kids today can't remember a time when black marriage was the norm. And with the influence of the black church uh, waning, there is little moral authority to reverse this trend, a phenomenon I call cultural genocide. My Minneapolis-based nonprofit foundation, Take Charge, is working to reverse the problem and to elevate those who are voicing a more critical view of the challenges black families face. To do this, we have produced a documentary, I Am Victor. Our message counters a prevailing narrative regarding race and opportunity in the United States. As we see it, the promise of America is available to anyone, regardless of race, social standing, we are not victims. Our film is a call to action from the Black community to the Black community to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Many Black youths today are raised with little sense of hope and expectations. Take the example of Baltimore, where a group of Black families last month sued the school district for the injustice of failing to educate the children. The situation is so dire in that city that students are graduating from public schools without being able to read. Meanwhile, a whopping 77% of high schoolers at one Baltimore high school are reading at an elementary level while 41% of BCPS high school students earned a below 1.0 grade point average last year. And this is just one American city. Public schools in nearly every major inner city have produced generations of semi-literate kids unable to enter the job market because of limited marketable skills. To achieve change, the black community must unify around two key messages boosting education expectations, and restoring fathers to the home. How can we achieve this? First, invest in church-based education and not just traditional and failing public schooling. Second, insist that welfare programs are a temporary rather than permanent way of life with benefits limited to a maximum of five to seven years and most crucially incentivize marriage through additional beneficial tax codes. Such strategies can and do work. In Mississippi, uh, for instance, Black students who once scored poorly on standardized reading tests are now performing at some of the highest levels in the nation. One reason for this turnaround, says local leaders, is the Literacy-Based Promotion Act implemented in 2013, which requires third graders to pass a reading test before they can be promoted to the fourth grade. Our community can rise when expectations rise for it. Now is the time to rise or to raise them even further. Let's stop buying the victim narrative and restore our families and communities. We'll all be better off for it. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Now, the statistics can't be played with, but the flow of the article and what they emphasize could. Now, I'm not going to nitpick, but that little jolt toward the end where he said, let me scroll on down again. He pushed his little agenda and um, he basically said that we cannot, uh, about the victim mentality. I just lost it really quick. <laughs> let me find it. Hold on. Yeah, I lost it. I lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he said, um, now is the time to raise them even further. Let's stop buying the victim narrative and restore our families and, and uh, communities. Let's stop buying the victim narrative. Who's selling the victim narrative if we're buying it? This is what I ask. Who's selling it? And here's a black man who made it against all odds. But to me, I know if I dig a little deeper, especially since it's in the New York Post, what he said was true. The statistics were true. But the victim mentality, was that really him saying that? Or was he saying that to appease somebody else who says, you all have the victim mentality? But then when we attempt to, and this is me talking now, do better, and we are brilliant, and we're astute students who make sure to pass our grades and to live a pristine life, a clean life, not breaking the law. And when we're brilliant, now all of a sudden we become a target. You see? Now all of a sudden, you know, they try to pass us off as something else. We're too aggressive. You see, because in these schools, they can make you and break you, especially in these public schools from young. It's well known how they try to steer you away from what you really hope to, to become and manifest to something below that. Not that being a carpenter or being a chauffeur is anything bad if you're making money to take care of your family. But we come out of the box with, with high standards as black children. See? Even though we may, some of us come up in a situation where the surroundings may not be, we're not born thinking less. We're born thinking we're Superman. But it's quickly crushed. It can be crushed at home, yes, I understand that. But the schools are like, how could I put it? Hey, they might get me in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it. It was like ovens to the Jews with Hitler. The public school system has been that to us, killing us off and killing off our drive to do good and reducing it and introducing all types of mindsets and, and lifestyles now. Everything else other than learning, right? But if you had a father in that home, right, who chose a good woman to be his wife, to be the one that he laid down with and chose and said, listen, this is the woman that I choose to be with and we're going to have children and she's got to be on the up and up and he's got to be on the up and up. But how many times do you see situations this way when in a community sex is an escape? Sex is something to do to escape the pain. It has been proven already. And I've had to bring my friend on because he studies stuff like this. But many decades ago, he told me, he said, listen, many times when you find an animal who feels as though their life is threatened, they begin to want to go through the motions of procreation. Isn't that something? When you feel your life is threatened and you're doomed, you seek to go through the motions of procreation. Why is that? Well, look at us in the inner cities or even 
the, the, the most distressed parts of the country. And we don't have to live there to have that mentality where we feel as though our life is threatened. When you see how we're shot down by police, when you see how we are harassed by police, when you see how we go to these jobs and it's like we got to jump through extra hoops to get the job. We're the first one fired. And it's not easy just to say, well, just do your own business. It's not easy to do that. I can sit here riding high, doing my own thing. Oh, just go ahead and do your own thing. It is not easy. Many of us don't have the information. Many of us don't know how we can do this on the side while we work a job until we build it up and don't need the job, but we can find a job. And how are many of us going to focus on that when we're more focused on our next meal? It's hard to go after your dreams when you're thinking about the next meal and your stomach is burning for that next meal. So I'm not making excuses. But we live in a, in a society that, 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 that's so opposed to us in our existence. And yes, we can and will make it. But we got to reject a lot of the stuff that they're giving us, setting us up to fail. Okay? But we need fathers, strong fathers in the home to give wisdom, to give direction. We don't need uh, men who are only thinking about sport and play, thinking about the Xbox just as much as kids are. We need, we need fathers who will give direction, will lay down the law. We need mothers in that home who don't bring the masculine energy, but they are strong nonetheless. When I talk about this masculine energy, this thing that's pumped to our sisters now in the so-called modern day uh, woman, I'm not against women. I'm not against a woman having a career, but understand your role. It doesn't mean you have to kiss the man's feet, but you got to work together. If you choose right, if you choose a man right, he's a man who's going to lead by example and, and have everybody's best interests in mind and not wield any power over that woman who is just as important in the home. Where she doesn't have to assert herself, I'm a strong, but you don't see Chinese women saying that. You don't see European women saying that. You don't see other women saying that. You don't see, I'm a strong Indian woman. You don't hear that. You see what I mean? So we both have to know our roles in the home. And no one role is better or greater than the other one. We have to work together as a mother and a father. But he has his role and she must trust that he's doing it the best. And she has her role and he must, must trust that she's doing it the best. When you bring your car in to get fixed by the mechanic, do you doubt him? You bring it to him because you know that he's going to do the best job. When that man comes home and sees his children cleaned and well-fed and happy and studying and sometimes they're in the back playing wherever they may play, he trusts that she's doing the right thing. That's why he chose a good woman. And that's why she chose a good man. And you can't just choose a good man because you met him in the club and he said the right words. And you can't, man, choose a good woman because she has a beautiful, delicious looking ass. Ass don't take care of children. That may titillate you for a moment, but that can be the biggest thing that will haunt you for the rest of your life when you realize you chose a woman because she has a beautiful ass. There's a lot of beautiful asses out here. You got to stop thinking with your dick and think with your head. When you think, think with the big head, the little head will be happy. You hear me? When you think with the big head, the little head will be happy. It doesn't mean you can't go after a woman who doesn't look good or has a nice shape, but that should be low on the totem pole of, 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 of priorities of what you look for in a woman because she can suck it good. And because she swallows doesn't mean she's going to be a good mother. You see, 
And just put because the brother's hanging down to his knees and knows how to eat your coochie good don't mean because it felt good that he's going to be a good father. With that, he may be saying some good words to you in your ear as you're post-orgasmic. But that doesn't mean anything. We become hedonistic, pleasure-driven heathens. And then we want to try to clean stuff up. And of course, like I said, animals that feel that their life is threatened they will go to, to procreate. And that makes sense. If you feel like you're going to die, you want to try to get something pregnant to keep you going, to keep your species going, right? If you're a wolf out in the wild and you're getting shot at, well, when you run up and you get up in the cave or somewhere up in the mountains of more, you see that other one and say, you know, not, hey, let's get busy because I feel like doing this. You're scared to death. And you, you want that comfort. Because when, when a man makes love to a woman and vice versa, the, I'm not seeing the animals say, come on, let's make love. Let's put on some nice uh, candles and get a little something to sip on and relax under the satin sheets. No, they're out in the wild, but it's the same thing. You want comfort. When you have that feeling of orgasm, that's a spiritual experience, you feel comfort. When you have pain around you, you want the comfort. You understand? So guess what? Those of us who feel as though our lives are threatened and that there's a constant threat of death over our heads, we go for the comfort. We see the sister over there, she's smiling, she's looking good. She might be the one we're dealing with, but guess what? Tonight, we're going to have some fun. We're going to feel good. We're going to escape the pain and the feeling of danger and death over our heads. That's why it's like that. Because lots of times, if we were doing something, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sex, it's a beautiful thing. Do it as much as you want under the proper context. And have, have an arrangement or an agreement with it. Even if you're not married, I'm not going to sit here and say, and, oh, you have to be married first and you have to. Life don't work that way. Ideally, many people get married, but they're not committed. I'd rather you not be married and committed to that mate and the children. We go through the form and fashion because it looks good on TV or we have to fulfill a church obligation to look good. Y'all know y'all can't be shacking up. You know you got to be married. So you go ahead and get married. You're shacking up. You were better off when you get married. Now you have problems. I'm not against marriage, but everything should be done in the proper context. Dating, courting, engagement, and marriage. Too many of us think that we can skip over those steps. And it's not the white man's hierarchy I'm talking about, but the gradual mixing in and blending and getting to know each other to have a good foundation for that marriage, for that commitment, even if there's no marriage. So fathers, if you're right in the head, you should be thinking and being trained to be a father before you come become a father. It shouldn't be on-the-job training. This should be something that you should have an example of before you. Yes, we have fathers that have passed away, gone into the military, got killed, something happened, or they had a disease and died, but there should be enough fathers in the community that we can pick up on to understand how to be one. See, when you have a real father, you don't have to practice that because you've been trained all your life because you had one. And that example shows you what you should do. But when you don't have one and you don't know how to be a father, we got a problem here because you're winging it. You can't take a test in school after not studying. You can't wing that. You don't even know the curriculum. So how are you going to know the answers to the test? But we feel that 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 manhood is really malehood. Just because you have a penis, brother, doesn't mean you're a man. You're a male. You're born a male. 
You're not born a man. There's a lot of men out here with little dicks that women would laugh at, and they may be ashamed of it, but they're more men, they're more man than some of these guys out here swinging down to the ankles. It doesn't mean you can't be a good father and not have a big dick. I know a lot of dudes who have big dicks and they're good fathers. Well, Lance, man, how you know about the next dude's dick? Well, I used to throw freaky parties, okay? So I know my brothers quite well. I ain't looking at it, but I saw it. You know what I mean? Let's be real. But the bottom line now, let's talk to the women now, our sisters, who in their limited world and limited way of thinking, who may not have been exposed to the proper lessons and examples. It's not their fault. It's not their fault at all. And in the situation of the fathers who don't know how to be fathers and the mothers who don't know how to be mothers, they could have come from a world that many call hood and it's limited. It's just down the block. We know the hood boundaries. You go to any big city or any small city and ask where the black people are. It doesn't necessarily mean the hood, but guess what? Nine times out of 10, they're going to point to a hood. And that's the way they think. I've gone to the city and say, hey, man, where the black people at? Man, go down there about two miles down to Martin Luther King Boulevard. I'm like, why is it always a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard? Once you find a Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in any city, you know it's connected to a hood. That's what's going to lead you to the Negroes. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. And you always got a Kennedy fried chicken or a Kentucky fried chicken or a Louisiana fried chicken or just a hood fried chicken. But every Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard got a chicken spot. And there's dudes out in front in the big dumpster and a couple dogs hanging out for you to throw some bones out the window so they can eat. Tell me I'm wrong. Sometimes in one city, you got to do multiple ways. But when we go into the so-called hoods, we find people that may have a certain mentality. Now, I've known some brilliant people who have lived in so-called hoods, but it's far and few between. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a sweetness to it. But there's a lot of poison in that sweetness. And what do I mean by that? You go to the hood on a Friday night. Okay, bad things can happen. But there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of people that are enjoying themselves. And it's a lot of fun when it's fun. But it's not fun. It's a lot of pain. And a lot of people trying to escape the pain, the pain of poverty, the pain of illiteracy. See, the pain of illiteracy doesn't hit you until you go out into the world and realize you're illiterate. You, re you realize that there are things there that you should have known. And just because you live there doesn't mean you have to be that way. But when you have so many people live in a certain way and influence you to go that way, well, once, you, once that process starts, it's hard to stop. Once you rather go out and play with friends doing nothing or doing something that begins to become dangerous, you have less impetus to go inside and read a book. But isn't it funny, once we become incarcerated, we have a thirst for learning. We realize the beauty of books, and it's not too late. I've, I've seen guys come in just like, let's just be real, dumbasses. And they sit down and they figure this thing out, and they say, you know what? They don't even say it. They just start reading and reading and reading. And they realize how far behind they've been. And they have a thirst now, or they realize they had a thirst to read more, to become more. And you can't stop them now. You understand? But the baby mamas, let's talk about the baby mamas. The baby mamas, like I said, they can be beautiful. They can be sexy. You know, it's a different code in the hood with the baby mama. But she's usually there, and it's not really such a good mentality. 
Now, we use the term baby mama. There could be some women who have college degrees and, and highly achieved, and some men, oh, that's my baby mama. That's just a term. We're talking about the real dyed-in-the-wool baby mama. Where she doesn't really plan on really leaving from that place. She's laden down with several children. I'm not saying this is all my sisters, but we have to talk about something very uncomfortable right now. She may be, you know, a couple different baby daddies. She wasn't thinking about nothing for the future. I'm not blaming her. It's circumstantial. Maybe where she came up or the way she came up, she was not taught properly the right way. Sex feels good. I ain't going to lie. I'm still, I'm getting to be an old man now, and I still say it feels good. I haven't been to church in a month of Sundays when I cry out Jesus' name at the point of orgasm. Well, that was just a joke. It ain't Jesus I'm calling. But the bottom line is that we get locked in to these responsibilities because we're coming up and we feel the pain. So what do we go after? We escape by sex. It's just as good for the baby mama as it is for the affluent woman who has a six-figure income. But the letdown is that much more harder because that woman who has that money, who has that income and career, she has other things going on for her. So the pain of poverty doesn't come to sting her when her children say, mommy, I'm hungry. You see, there's less options that way when you lock yourself in to that baby mama lifestyle and that, that deadbeat dad uh, lifestyle. Because now we have some fatherless homes where the fathers weren't ta taught to be fathers but some of them know a little bit and they're still deadbeat and they're not going to take care of the responsibilities. The hell with that. You ain't locking me down with that. You got to catch me and put me on child support. So what did you do this thing? How did, why did you start this thing in the first place? This is a generational disaster. It better that you have somebody and go creep and don't make nothing happen bad and raise them kids and just walking away completely. I'm being realistic here. By all means, it doesn't mean white folks in these statistics where they have 78.1, the children there uh, of the families were, were, were married. Hell, some of them old white men might have been messing with boys, might have been messing with other dudes in dresses. But you know what? They didn't bring that shit home. They kept it together. So when you drive down their, their, their freshly manicured lawns and the tree-lined streets and everything is just so perfect, Cookie cutter houses, just everything so suburban, uh, white, white suburbia. So nice out here. I'd love to live around the white people, but you don't know their secrets. But they're going to hold on to that family by any means. They're going to hold on to that family by any means. And that's the difference. I'm not putting them above us. And when I say by any means, it doesn't mean like, oh, they're hard work. Them guys sell drugs too, but they're not going to let that mess up the family unit. They know them children have to stay together. We got to keep them under one, one roof. We got to be here for them, to teach them, to groom them. That's our future right there. Look at the picture, but look at the expressions on the mother's face in the middle. It's not too happy. She looks like she's saying to herself, what am I going to do next? And the children's minds are already being formed. Their thoughts are already driving them into certain situations. And this mother who didn't think about that, she's going to find herself in a situation where nine times out of ten, she's not living her life. She didn't plan this. It just fell more and more into a hole. And it's like, I'm just accepting that this is the way it's going to be. Nothing's going to change. And there's a sense of 
hopelessness in the so-called hood. And again, let me clarify, I'm not saying that all black people live in the hood. You got a lot of white people that live in the hood too. Hood to me is a mentality. It's not just a location. Nine times out of 10, it can be a location. We know the, we know the hood's near us. But what about those who move out of the hood who still have the hood mentality? We don't think about that. So it's not just limited to a physical location, right? Let me just see here. I'm seeing some comments here coming in. Um, Gucci gang, my brother, what's going on? I would not want to live next to them if I was rich. I want my house built in a peaceful place. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to get off the topic for a second because many people will say, well, if you all about black people, man, you should stay there with them to inspire them. It don't mean that. I might move out. I'm not saying I'm going to move up under white folks. I'm not going to say I'm going to move too far, but I don't want that. And I should show you that by not wanting that and showing you something better and something different. I'm not going to put ourselves on a pedestal, but there are people who know us personally, 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 people that I grew up with and their kids, people I know from New York growing up. And like, man, you moved to Africa? You moved to Africa? Say, like, yeah, I moved to Africa. Now all of a sudden they're studying and going online. What is it like to live? Because the possibilities in their mind have been expanded. And see, lots of times when you, you're in the hood mentality as a parent, you think about that next meal because she got to put food on the table for all them children and for herself. And people say, girl, you done put on some weight. You got fat. What's wrong with you? Well, how are you going to go after your dreams when you worry about your next meal? You can't, you got no time to go to no gym. In the hoods, we got the worst type of food that's there. They bring it there for us. It's a food desert otherwise. A lot of us don't travel outside of our neighborhoods to go to different neighborhoods where they serve you better food, better choices. Ask them children the last time they had a fruit bowl. They can tell you when they had pizza, fried chicken, hamburgers, fried pork. Now, I'm not stereotyping. Maybe they eat good every day like that. But we know the deal. It's cheaper to eat the cheap fried foods and junk. That's why we have more family dollars in our neighborhoods. And, and, and what's that? A, a, a family dollar general? Dollar. Dollar general. Family dollar. Cheap food. Sugar. Corn syrup. Fried up stuff. With all types of bad oil. Look at their faces. I'm not putting my, 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 my sister's children down, but we got to look at reality. How are they going to be something in the future if they don't have anything placed in their minds now? You plant the seed. It comes up months later, weeks later. You're planting seeds now. They're observing things. Children are a sponge. They soak up stuff faster than you can give it out now. Every subsequent generation that comes up is a little superior to the prior generation as far as absorbing knowledge. Like I've said before, you sitting here as a grown adult with the instructions with your new cell phone on how to work it. That's what your eyes are getting tired. You're getting frustrated. You can't get past the first two or three steps. And your little child sitting there says, mommy, daddy, give me that phone. No instructions at all. They look at it, push a few buttons. Okay, I'm going to program all the names for you. What's the first name? What you mean program the name? You got to it like that? Yeah, it's easy. What's wrong with you, mama? This is easy. They're more intuitive, but all of that stuff becomes destroyed and it's frustrating to them. 
the sugary foods, the bad foods, the arguments that they might hear. I'm not painting my sisters any bad way, but we're talking about bona fide certified baby mamas here. You put them kids to sleep, that next dude you're talking to, you tell them, you can come on over and you let them in your bedroom. And one of your kids may get up to go to the bathroom and peek in the room and see the next man slamming your backside. It's reality. And I'm saying this because as a person who's driven a bus publicly so many years and worked in jails and prisons and heard the stories, it's, it's, it's pathetic and it doesn't have to be. But guess what? We don't want to take time and raise our children. So we get them a cell phone and introduce social media. And what's going to happen with social media in them? They're going to see everything that most parents would not want them to see because they're going to go to the nasty stuff first. They're going to go and see the twerking first. Your little daughters who you may dress up and go to church and act innocent on the weekend. You know, you may feel you have to do that. And they look so adorable. And the, the children are so well-mannered. You might have a twerking champion in your house. You may have a young girl. I'm not going to say how young. We don't know. But we don't need prostitution. We don't see prostitution in the street no more. Prostitution is at the palm of your hand. Your little girls and your little boys can do kind of things that titillate people to reach out to them in their direct message. And there are things that they want that you can't provide because bills are so tight. And there's somebody in that town who may say, hey, listen, I can buy you that. They become groomed. They don't look to you as parents anymore because you don't have nothing. Y'all are broke. You're always telling me what we can't get. And it's true. Kids don't understand. They don't understand that certain things need to be paid. It's just, I see you getting a handful of money, whether it's through a check or a job or, or something. And we know you get hit off by the men that come over. So where's the money? Why can't I have this? Do you know the sense of urgency that children have when they want something they can't have? And it's no crime to not be able to provide the extras. But it's like wildfire after a while. How about that little kid? How old was he? Was he 10 years old or 8 years old or something? He killed the mama because she, he wouldn't get a, 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 she, she wouldn't get him some type of um, electronics, some kind of something. I don't know what it was, but it's um, exactly G... What? Let me just put this up here. GM Williams full advice to the poor. If you are poor, don't have kids, period. Don't have kids, period. Use some birth control, something. It's so simple. You know, you're going to do it. What you waiting for? Now, I've done things when I was young with no protection. It was worried, worried like hell afterward. But when it was going on, boy, I'll pull out. And it's that one time it feels real good. And you're like, oh, God. And you say, oh, my God, what did I do? And she's like, you mean you didn't pull out? No. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Let's make sure. They created nothing happen at that young age, but things happen. Because we're focused on the wrong things. Let me see the next comment here. Was married in 1977. Still married today. Today's America dominated by singles. This idea that it's a woman's fault is wrong. Lots of sad brothers running around. Nobody said that it's the woman's fault, but it takes two. Paul Hester, that's the thing. Congratulations on you for being married that long. 
That's not the norm. And I, I, can, I, I give you props for that. You understand? But I'm not going to say every situation is different. As I speak about this, I said certain scenarios, and I don't want people to think that I think that that's the only scenario. In the beginning of the show, I said there's vast amount of scenarios out here. You can see that I've seen that same picture that we're looking at right now. There's a woman that she didn't have that many kids, but probably half as many or three quarters. And she was homeless and she was on a bus stop. Right. And she wasn't taking my bus. You'd have people sitting under the bus stop in the hot Orlando sun and just chilling because they got the kids and they live in the homeless shelter and they're in a rut right now. And as we drove by, we had many people that would say, oh, look at her. Look at her. What a waste. She's homeless and she has all those kids that she couldn't take care of. And I've said this story before. She was married to a man who ran a successful business, but he felt it was her place to be in the home and just take care of the kids, not show the business, not show anything. They had hating family that didn't realize were haters until he died and she didn't know how to run anything and everything toppled over quick. His equipment, his workers stole from him, everything. And it was just a matter of time that she lost the house. It was crazy. And he smothered her and suffocated her thinking that was the right thing to do. So any man in his right mind is going to want to make his wife and his family be able to be in a position to move on without them, without him. Like I've used the example before, I've heard fathers say, hey, 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 y'all will be up shit's Creek if something happened to me. If something happened to me, it's all, it ain't never going to be, it's all going to fall apart. What real man would say something like that, right? What real man would really say something like that? A real man would say, I'm going to make it where if I'm removed from the situation and I, 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 you know, I transition, I want you to be able to go strong and stronger without me. So you set up your household, you set up your family to know things, you show them things, you show them how things work because you want to feel good as you transition. Now, nobody wants to leave their family, but if you were realizing that I'm leaving my family, but you know what? I did good by them and they're going to be all right. That's the one thing I want to know is that they're going to be all right in this shark-infested world. But we don't have enough real men who think like that. You understand? Exactly, Oyala. It takes two. It takes two. And I would never blame one over the other unless, unless I knew the situation personally from the very beginning. And then I can say, hey, it's either more or less the other, but it still takes two. It still takes two. We have the guys that lie to the women. Baby, you know I love you, and we're going to be together. We're together already, but, you know, why should we wait? We're not married yet and everything, but, you know, I need to come and see you tonight, and, you know, we can make each other feel good, and I don't see no reason, especially since I love you so much. Come on, girl. We've been together two years. You know, I know you're holding your virginity, but you're holding it for me. You don't need no piece of paper to make this thing happen. You know, you got some slick guys out here who are very convincing, on, on, on the subconscious minds of, of certain females. You have certain women that ain't going to go for it. You have some that may be a little more open. I wouldn't say gullible because you should maintain a certain level of innocence in a perfect world. But this is not a perfect world. And she ends up giving herself to that young man and it's just a matter of time before he's gone and soon to be forgotten. Maybe not forgotten, but he forgot about you because all he wanted was that. And I've heard many times, especially driving that bus and the cell phones on and the, the girls telling the mother what happened. 
you know, coming back from the clinic. It's not just the EPT test. You want to make sure you get the real thing. So what's going What happened? What's the result? Mommy, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And I ain't seen Billy around for a long time. And what am I going to do? I got to drop out of school. I can't afford no baby now. Now, am I blaming her for being in that situation? I've heard people overhear that type of conversation. Well, you shouldn't have cracked open your legs. Maybe the girl did not have a father in that situation and, and long for the love of a father. But since this is the next male and it felt good and she thought it was and she didn't consciously think this. Well, he feels good. And since I'm uh, void of, of love of my father, he'll be a replacement. No, it's just an automatic subconscious thing. We are attracted to people sometime and don't even know why. And years later, we figure it out. They may have reminded you of someone. They may have just made you feel a certain way. Your head may have been in the movies and the media and, and they look to be the part of somebody that you saw and it's like, oh, I know it's going to be all right. And remember, too many of us will wear a mask to appear like the thing that they figured out that you wanted. They figured you out. Like, you know, when you're in school, you're in high school and you got them little locks where you have to turn it uh, twice to the right and once to the left and two more times or three more times to the right. All you got to do is put your ear near them tumblers and just turn, start it off as zero, push it in and turn. Once it flip, boom, you can turn it back, hit that other tumbler, boom, and turn it a few more times. You can open up any lock just by hearing the sounds of it. So you have a lot of men who can figure you out. And they make themselves seem as though they're going to stay with you and be a good father to the children that you haven't even had yet. So people, let me just come inside you. If we have a child, I'm going to be there. You see, I'm working. You see, and she wants it too. She thinks that she's going to have this life. Maybe she grew up without the father. Maybe her mother was a baby mama and she wants better for herself. And from the state of mind that she's in, that sounds so good. We can work together. We can get on up out of this neighborhood. We can get a little apartment first. We take a couple years and get a little down payment. These guys will talk all that stuff just to get between your legs. And I hope there's somebody out here listening to this or will replay this part. It's the truth. But then again, I'm not always going to say the women are innocent. We do have some women out here who are sharp. And they see a dude who is gullible, easily led by his loins, and she's the master of seduction. And she knows that he's going places. This is not all of my sisters. I'm telling you, this is some. They are out there, opportunistic, as are some of the men. See, and I'm not saying everybody, but I've seen some vicious ones come at some of these guys. And they get in their, 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 their space. And they throw it on him and turning this guy out. And this is a good guy now. He's going to try to do his best to take care of his responsibilities. But you ain't really paying him no mind. It's that paycheck he's making because you still got another boyfriend around the corner. So we got to clean our lives up from this deviant way of thinking. And social media helps to push that. But it's sad because you know when you they got the thing called algorithm. That when you punch certain things in and you look at something else, social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or Twitter, says, aha, if you like this, then you'll like this. If you pull up some type of ratchet hood fight, you're going to have five to ten more to look at 
you hit that one and you you find yourself, wait a second, you mean to tell me I was sitting here for three hours and 37 minutes watching stuff like this? It robs your time. But it pollutes the minds of the children. And not just the children, but the parents also. The baby mama is on so the present day baby mama is on social media and you have seen her in her different manifestations with nothing else in her head. Very intelligent, some of them are, but dumb as hell. You can have intelligence and be stupid. You ever see a baby mama that have has potential? Like she a baby mama, but she damn smart. But she never goes anywhere in life because you also have the esteem thing going on. And we've talked about that. We're not focusing on that right now. But you have a situation where the state has become the daddy. You got WIC, you got SNAP, you got Section 8. You got all these different things that are there for a purpose. You shouldn't feel shamed if you are on one of these programs looking to get a leg up on your life. That's what it's there for. If you have fallen and you have a family and you're eligible, you take it and you use it. But how many of us do that? For many of us, it becomes a way of life. It's like, damn, I'm getting this easy money. I know I'm in the hood, but this apartment is pretty nice. And my girlfriends are all in the different building or down the block. And we could just hang out all day and watch the TV and whatever, whatever. The nighttime come, you know, our boyfriends come and hit us up. And here comes another baby. Or we get the brothers that are looking for a woman who are just getting out from being incarcerated and they know where they can get it. Their teeth look nice. Their bodies look nice because they was in prison getting taken care of and just rested. And boy, you know how it is on the phone. Girl, I saw Barrington just a little while ago. Oh, my God. He put on weight. He got a six pack chest. He ain't had no teeth like that. They were shining. He looked good. I told him, just come over. I'll make you a little food. But when he get over here, I'm going to wear that little T-shirt that he liked. And he used to always bug me. Well, he going to get some tonight. And I don't want to see nothing about no condom. What? So we have it. We've become predatory just like those oppressors over us who have replaced our mindset in this engineered way of living. It's engineered. It's, it, it's not supposed to be. It's engineered for a purpose that we never get out of this rut. And we, this is 2023. And this has always been, but it's been so low in numbers that by the late 60s, early 70s, it started to pick up and look where we are now. It's the way of life. Children don't expect to have fathers now. They grow up without fathers. They don't expect it. It's a big thing when a child sometimes in these situations sees a friend of theirs have a father. To have a father to look at, much less have a job and responsible and home. What's that like? And then there's a pain that I've noticed, and I want to mention this too. I'm just going to throw this out there. The pain of many of our brothers, young brothers, who grew up without a father. And I experience a lot of this, not so much in jail or prison, because they got other things to worry about more so that, but a lot of the young men I'd say, even up to the early 20s, middle 20s, late teens, they're feeling it. And they would see me driving the bus, not every time, 
because most of the time I did hood routes. I got along fine. I had a chance to speak to a lot of brothers, inspire them, motivate them. A lot of brothers didn't want to drive to those neighborhoods because it was like they always thought there was going to be some problems, but I got nothing but love. I had nothing but love. And a lot of them knew me when I worked at a jail. And they didn't think I was some kind of agent. Like, man, you mad cool when you was working in the jail, man. I want to sit down and rap with you, man, and, you know, get a little bit of knowledge or something, man. You're doing something right. And we talk. And maybe I get to a layover and say, hey, man, here's, here's $25, man. Go get something at McDonald's. Go, this is bad for you or whatnot, but I know you're going to eat it anyway. You know, if I wasn't here, go ahead and get something to eat. And come back and we'll talk some more. Yo, that's dope, man. Thanks, thanks. I was hungry. I said, I know I heard your stomach. And then we talk. And I found they, they, they can't really say it. Oh, they can say it, but they don't know what it is. And a lot of these young men who would see me on the bus, clean shaven, eyes cleared, professional looking, an older dude, but I'm still looking strong. A lot of them immediately disliked me. A lot, immediately, a lot of them gave me a hard time. I say, why is it like this? Why is these guys giving me a hard time? And it shouldn't be that way. They should look up to me. Not look up to me like I'm some God or I'm better than you know, but say, hey, I'm glad to see somebody older than me doing the right thing. No. And I figured out because they had an anger for the father that wasn't there. And so when they saw me as a father, because if my daughters came and rode on the bus with me a little bit, whatever, and, and jumped off, when they got close to home, whatever it may have been, but they saw that interaction. And they realized what they didn't have. So it really wasn't me per se, but I reminded them of what they didn't have and it hurt. So I became the source of hurt to them until I realized this and started really reaching out to a lot of these brothers that I saw out there that would act hard or stare me down or look at me up and down like they want to kick my ass, which wasn't going to happen. They'd sit down and if they by themselves, you know, I'm going to make them save face. That's one of the main things when you're dealing with black men, especially those who are incarcerated. They still got their manhood. Don't try to diss them in front of people. Don't try to diss any black man unless they really come at you. Brother, come here, man. I want to ask you a question, man, about the neighborhood. You know, I didn't grow up out here. You get them to sit near you. I say, hey, brother, I see you out here all the time. I know things are rough out here, man, in the world. It's rough for me. It may not seem that way because you see me with this job that's paying good. But I got issues, you know, more money, more problems, brother. Can I ask you something, man? Tell me about yourself. Take a little interest in their story. Because they feel that, and I'm not saying, do this with the women also. Okay? I'm just starting out with the men. But I'm just going to say, do it with the sisters also. When they're young, young. Because when you see a baby mama at 16, 17, 18, 20-something, whatever, whatever, Something was planted in her mind before that time where she manifested being that. And listen to their story. Listen to their pain. Diffuse their pain. De-escalate their pain. Take interest in them, not just on a word, but do something for them. In time, get to know them. It's about each one, teach one. Well, find some that you can teach and be an influence over. There are many who I've known from years ago when I used to work in the jail. They're right here right now watching the shows. They know I'm a little crazy, but when it comes time to something like this, I have never changed the way I talk when I'm talking to them brothers and sisters and try to encourage them. We talk about looking up for Jesus to make change. 
Look, you become that so-called Jesus and talk to the people in your community. Go out one day. You got your check. You feel good. You got paid. You got a little extra. I'm not saying just hand it out to nobody. Go find your way out in the street. The creator inside of you will, will lead you the right way. And you're going to find, hey, man, let's hang out a little bit, man. You know, life is short. You know, and you, you, got, you can even lie. Some like, friend of mine, man, I just, I just lost a good friend of mine. I'm just walking, man. You want to come on, man. I'm, I'm going to get something to eat. You want to come get something to eat? Yeah, man, I'll, I'll come eat with you. And you focus on that brother or that sister. Now, dudes, don't be going around trying to, you know, uh, 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 give some advice to the sisters and you know you got something else on your mind. That ain't going to work out too good. And that shows me that you're not really in it to win it. So go out there and find somebody and really, really, really put something into their life. You can't do it all the time. You know what I mean? And sisters, it may be a brother who got some cash or whatever, right? He want to help a sister out. Bring another sister in. and Say, go help her out. Talk to her a little bit. Take her out. Go to the grocery store. It's not just you taking the, mom, the baby mama out to get something to eat and she got all these hungry kids waiting for her. Take her out to the supermarket. Spend a couple hundred dollars that you got extra if you got it that way, even if it's just 50 bucks. If I got an extra $2,000, I'm going to give you $1,200, but I'm not going to tell you that. We're going to get some basics. We ain't going to get cheese doodles and cheese its and, and cocoa puffs. And then we might as well just buy like things of sugar then and make sugar water and drink it. You see what I'm saying? And as you do these things and make things a little easier for them in their life, that's the way. Look, look, the child molesters do this. Why are they doing something in a righteous way for something unrighteous? Meaning that they groom the children or they groom the younger ones and they do things for them that seem to be nice because they want something else. Why can't we do that on a righteous level where there's no hidden agenda or secret motivation behind it all? Why can't we do that? Let me check some of these comments out over here. Okay. There's a lot from you, Kwame. I'm going to have to come back up to you. Let me see. GM Williams full. I used to be that non-committal single motherhood was a badge of shame. Remember the song Love, Love Child 1969 by the Supremes. I listened to that record. Uh, now single motherhood is something to brag about. Exactly. Exactly. And aggressive against the man for some. I don't need no man. I can do this all by myself. Well, with that, 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 that state daddy that's taking care of things, if he pulls the plug, a lot of them ain't going to talk like that. You got that stimulus money and you had enough money to get a down payment for a car. Now you got your ass on your shoulders like you're doing so well. I'm not, I'm not mad at you for having something, but that's what it is. We should be depending on each other and healing ourselves up. And no matter how far down the pike you are, it should be where there is still hope because we have a community that cares. The problem is we have a me first, pay me first. I don't give a damn about you unless I'm doing good, but I don't care about you. I'm doing good. That's all I need to know about. That's the problem. I can't live like that. I can't live like that. I can't. It hurts me. And let me tell you something on another. Let me see. Boy, somebody should have told LeBron James he needed his father in the home. Right? But see, there are situations where you're going to be successful without. That's not the norm. That's not the majority. That is not. Okay, let me see something. Um, there's another article. I want to get a little water, you. I didn't bring any water close to me. So let, g- give me a second and let me um, get some water, all right? I'll be right back. Just give me like a minute and a half.
only did I need some water, I needed to make some room to put more water in. Mouth dry, bladder full. What kind of situation was that? Yes, I am back. <laughs> Sugar water. <laughs> For real. Uh, let me scroll up a little bit. Um, okay, I'm going to read the volley of Kwame postings here. He says, I'm not surprised that our people don't set examples when it comes to making families. The irresponsibility is so real. You're right about that. Kujo, you are right. Brothers lie to sisters, but you have sisters, a lot of brothers. That's why our community is in a crisis. You're right about that also. That's what I said. But Kujo, to be honest with you, most of our people are stubborn, especially our sisters. Both stubborn on both sides. It takes two to make a thing go wrong. <laughs> brothers should be more responsible than being so arrogant, and our sisters should let our brothers uh, be involved. Yeah, especially when they have the children, right? Kujo, in my case, my first girlfriend I was uh, with cheated on me with my Oh, I thought, oh, okay, I thought you said with your ex-wife. And my ex-wife was brainwashed by listening to pathetic so-called friends around her. They will do that. You'll always have people, and I'll talk about that too. Oh, we got some good shows to talk about. I don't just want to talk about it real short. I want to make a whole show about it. Too many of us brag too much, especially when they deceive each other. Yeah, yeah, they go back and brag. Man, did you get it? Yeah, man, I got that pussy, man. Yeah, man, it was good, man. Who's your, how did you and Lily meet? Well, she was on one side of the field, and I was on the other, and we spotted each other. And just like in the movies, we ran at each other with open arms. <laughs> no, we met on a job. It was a transitional move for me before moving on to something else. And we met on a job. And it was quite innocent. It was quite innocent. People say, oh, yo, you was creeping with the No was quite innocent and um you know she was a supervisor and i was doing security real security right it was an in-between job for me because i was going in for something else and um we started talking it was decent and everything and um i'm proud to say that it wasn't what it was because <laughs> brother man had to wait i had to wait wasn't no little you know uh-uh, wasn't that kind of thing. And we both decided that. We said, you know what? We're going to do this the right way. We're going to wait. Wait for what? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Old as our asses. Well, I'm not, we weren't old. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, but we just wanted to be able to say that. And that's what happened, right? So let me see. Is there anything else? Okay. Okay, let me see something. Did I read this one already? Um, oh, yeah, we read that one already, right? Okay, let me see something here. I just got a message. Just got a message here that I want to read. Not to the public. Let me see first. It's, it's definitely a private thing. I keep forgetting I get messages on the phone too during the shows and everything. So here we go. Oh, man. Don't you hate when you're like about to put your finger on a particular app or thing and something else pops up and you hit it? And it's like you go there again and you got to come out. That's just what happened to me. I hate that. These, these phones... Are just too quick. Too, too quick. Okay, let me see. Come on, phone. Come on, phone. You're working too slow. Hate that. Okay, here it comes. All right. Let me see something here. Okay, this is a forwarded message to me, and I'll get into it later on. 
And it's something that I wanted to play before the show is over, which is not on topic, but it's crucial for any uh, particular thing. Where is my towel? Uh Uh-oh, it's across the room, y'all. Hold tight. Yes. So where was I now? Social media? (laughs) It is a drug. It's, it's, it's. Some people are telling me, like, well, why are you on it so much? Well, I'm pretty much settled, I would think. It doesn't sway me. I've lived enough life before it. I'm from the generation, I'm from the pre-computer generation. When I write, it was with a pencil or a pen. And if it was a pen, you can't erase ink. You mess up. You had to go back and start the same old thing all over again. And you better end your subject at the bottom of the front of the page, unless they told you it was okay to finish on the back. But you better have your thoughts organized that you coming down. What I'm saying is that we had to be more responsible with our thoughts. I come from an era where it was done the hard way, which was the good way, because I can, I can fly on the computer. See? And, and, and the time period we came from, the manners, the... The, the way you treated people, you didn't go up in somebody's house and just sit down or go in their fridge. There's certain barriers that were there way before we could even have the chance of getting up in somebody's house and screwing their daughter and making a baby and bouncing. Those things still happen in those days. But we had so many other things that we had. Now it's just like one day to the next. You meet a woman, the next day you're up inside of her. It's both your fault on different degrees. It's not always 50-50. It could be 55-45. It could be 75-25. It could be 95-5. We don't know unless we know the situation. So I'm not going to blame any one side here, but it took two. In every situation, no matter what the proportions, it took two. It took two. Okay, here we go. Um, Let me read this other one first because it came in first. For your information, God told me that there will be in the near future a tsunami tidal wave that will hit New York City area down to the entire state of Florida. Please pray about this information. I heard about that already, even though it's off topic. I heard about that already. They even have it on what the $20 bill now again. Um, that's one thing, not because of hearing about it, but I felt that in my spirit too. Yeah, I felt that. Some say it, because, it may be because of a nuclear bomb dropping in, in the water and just creating this thing. Who knows? But I know I felt that. I'm not going to say, well, why are you talking about that? But, you know, sometimes people feel they have to share something. And, you know, I'm going to do a show about that, too. I can't say I know and it's going to happen. I'm predicting and be a fool. But I feel that. I've always felt that about the East Coast of the United States. I feel a whole lot of other things, too, and deceptions and whatnot. And it could be a deception. It could be something that's caused to wipe out. It, It doesn't have to be just some tsunami, tidal wave, natural. We know they control the weather, and we know that, that would be a, be a great way to wipe out the whole side of the country and start all over again and keep us out of it and just wipe us out. I know that. My youngest aunt got pregnant at 17. She was pregnant before and had abortion. Her educational chances were ruined. She became a very bitter woman who left uh, the raising of the child to her mother. Yes, yes, well, especially when we come to the abortion. You know, I've heard it where... There's a guilt that happens, and it's a torment that many women have that in an attempt to get away from that, 
and not make peace with it, it ruins their life. It drives them to drink. It drives them to do all these different things. That's a very, you know, and you can't say, well, you shouldn't have had it because it's already too late. You're about to have it. All I'd say to me, there's no good reason to do that. Even if you so-called make the mistake, it's best that you just have the child and still struggle and deal with your education as much as you can if it takes a little longer and smarten up. My thing is uh, those who go back a second time, a third time to the point where, well, you just better tie them tubes. It's not teaching your responsibility by tying your tubes. Because that may not be too cool to do either on a physical level. Have some discipline. Because now you done tied your tubes. Now you still screwing dudes who may bring you HIV. Tying tubes ain't going to stop, stop no AIDS. Don't you realize AIDS is still around? Alive and well. HIV. And I call it hurting innocent victims. HIV. Because if it's not hurting you, it's hurting your children. Whatever. The families and everything. It's crazy. But yeah, you can become very bitter in life. You know? Second youngest. Okay, we, we got the clarification. But it's the principle of the whole story. Yeah, you got it right. My oldest son also became pregnant at 16. Oh, okay. This, this is... Okay, you wrote this over again. Um, it took out of frustrations on me. I was a child who had opportunities. She was impoverished for the rest of her life. You know what, though? That's another important topic that we need to cover and i didn't even drink any water yet hold on yo let me let me let me just sip here for a second oh, that's what happens when you run your mouth as much as me i did i did conversations early that were like talk show length three and four hours got up in the morning talk did this talk that's why i feel so strong like i take a day and don't talk the next day i feel like superman but then, you see, I've witnessed mothers and some fathers, and it's always kind of toward the same sex, fathers who had sons who they had tremendous opportunities in life in front of them. They just had to reach out and touch it. And that father didn't like the fact that that son has that opportunity because that father feels as though when I had you, you know, I didn't have I didn't have these opportunities. <laughs> You're talking my mouth dry for real. <laughs> for real. Lips getting all white and whatnot and dry. Yeah. A lot of vapor, a lot of water coming out, right? But then, yeah. And then we have mothers who dislike their daughters because the daughters have better opportunities. And, and I'm, I'm going to narrow it down. It's not just this, but it was something I was talking about the other day. There are a lot of mothers, not just them, right? But a lot of mothers from the Caribbean from back in the day who worked hard, who did what they had to do, but it was a different world. And so when they moved up from the Caribbean and came into America with their young children, she might've had a young daughter, a few young daughters, and she sees that the daughters have, you know, they're like American in their mind. Like, you know, that's the way a lot of them think. Like, that's the best place to go. We got to go there. And now I bring these children up and you don't know how hard I had it. And I had to be out in the fields and, and feed you. And we didn't have any money. And your father wasn't around. And now you're out here with all these opportunities. And, 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 and I feel inadequate now because you're going to go on to live a better life than me. And you're going to have things. So the victories that those children, and I say daughters, you know, because when it's the same sex, it's just a different feel. 
every victory they have, the mother don't really act, act happy about it. Some do now. Some do. I didn't say everybody. I didn't say everybody. So here it is. Let me see. Okay, let me see. 12 brothers again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to stick, stick to the topic, <laughs> sister or brother, 12, or 12 brothers. I don't know. You could be a girl who had 12 brothers or you're a dude who had 12 brothers. I don't know. Um, the derailment in Ohio will eventually poison the groundwater for maybe millions. Please pray and, and maybe leave if you're across a uh, stream from this area, places like Philly, Ak Akron, Ohio, and maybe even New York City. All these things, man. These things will be happening. Um, it's, just, it's just crazy how this world is getting. Sister Oyala said, bitter and jealous parents upset because their child has something that they didn't have or something about them. Exactly. And that's sick because that's a part of you and you should want to have that child better off. And we say that some, well, you know, I want my children to be better off than me. You know, you lying. Some of you parents out there, you lying. And you do things to discourage them and you do things against them to break their spirit so they don't achieve that. And the only time you'll act loving is when they come home with broken wings. And you're so glad to take, it's going to be all right. So, and deep down, you're going, <laughs> that's not right. My parents didn't do that to me. They, anything I said, and, I, and look, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. I got everything I needed, but not everything I wanted. But a few things I wanted. But, but, but what I needed, I felt like I had everything I wanted. Because I had the love and support. Look, let me tell you something. In this day and age, there are people that I have known in my circles that even maybe you may have known to be around here sometime, but they ain't around here no more. Their upbringing was a little different. They mad at me because when we sit down and talk, I give my parents props. They mad at me for that. Grown-ass people. I'm not showing off on anybody. Because if I had that, that means it's my responsibility even more to help alleviate what another person doesn't have in their life because I had it. If I've been blessed with something, I'm not only mean be less, you know, I say that just kind of, I got to talk in common terms so people understand. I understand the power of these words and stuff. I don't mean be, you know, we can say be more, you know, I'm not talking Baltimore, right? But we know what we mean that I've been gifted. I'll say it that way. I've been gifted with certain things in my life. So it's my responsibility to sprinkle and share the love as I can. That's all. That's all. Because we're all going to leave about it here anyway. But fathers, homes, baby mom, mamas, social media equals a generational disaster. Because look where we came from. Look, you've seen the reruns if you're younger than me. If you're close to my age or whatever, older than me, whatever, I'm a, I'm a few weeks from 60 years old, right? You remember good times. Could you imagine? Really imagine, that was the hood. But there was a hardworking, loving father, a mother, loving. And I believe she was, I don't think she worked, but she was taking care of the home, as it should be. And the children had different issues, little light issues, but nothing major. Nothing major. But there was love in that household. But that was the hood. It's been genetically modified now to be something else. At its worst, I've seen some situations that I could not believe years ago, not even in the present. I had enough of it. And I see online of what, what's happening now, where, where mothers speak to the children so, so nasty. 
Not just the mothers, but the fathers speak so bad to the mothers in front of the kids. I mean, sexual stuff and putting them down and calling them MFs. I saw a mother in the street when I was driving the bus. Little kid was carrying a little bag that she should have been carrying. It could, could hardly balance the bag. You better keep up, you little mf -er. I'm like, what? And she was burnt. She was angry. She was angry at this child. And I knew why, because the child was keeping her from going out there and partying and popping her fingers and shaking her ass. I knew that's what it was in that situation. I knew it. Don't be, you, oh crap, that can happen. Sperm hits egg. I'm not going to say it's all over. But things will change if that wasn't in your plan, so lay off of that. Wear a condom, get some birth control or whatever, and still be responsible because you can get a disease. And you don't want to keep your mind in that lower chakra anyway. When you're all together, it's cool in a situation and whatnot. But you're supposed to be going to school to learn something or, or getting into some kind of business or learn some kind of something. How are you going to take care of yourself and your children? You should make yourself equipped. It doesn't matter how much Negroes are sending you money on Cash App and you think that this is a, a profession. Okay, I got about $2,500 on cash. Yeah, that'll make you forget about what you got to do, but you need to be thinking when you get that money. Even if you're doing it as a baby mama who's a part-time thought, thirsty hoe over there, 304 type stuff. You need to be thinking because everything that you have now, you may not have it. You got this beautiful body now that you're prostituting out. You may not have it. But why would you want to do that? It ain't going to last forever. I remember the other day riding my bike down 134th Street in Queens when I was eight years old. That was damn near 52 years ago. My memories are so clear. People that have passed on and left, I can hear their voice. I can hear my mother's voice. I can see her expressions. I can, I can remember how I used to make her laugh and my father laugh and how they would talk. I can hear it so clear. But they have transitioned many, 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 many years ago. My father transitioned in 1990, November. My mother transitioned in April of 94. Gone, but not forgotten and still very much here. The baton has been passed on to me. What kind of baton are you going to pass on to these children when you don't want to go past a certain point to, to evolve yourself into something better? And you can do it. I'm not here to bash you, male or female, but you can do it. Stop going down that road. It may be a little tougher when you got more mouths to feed, but they will be proud of you. And they will understand. See, you think children are going to be children for a long time? They figure things out. They get to a certain age and figure out your dirt, figure out your good stuff, figure out if you're a victim, somebody took advantage of you, and they will go to the scorecards and make their evaluation. And really and truly, when you get that wake-up moment as a parent, male or female, and they tell you ahead of mess about what you were or what you weren't, that's the one that hurts the most because you know you can't get away from it and make excuses. Oh, you don't know nothing about this. They were right there every step of the way. And mommy, remember that uncle Larry that used to come by all the time? How come he always used to come by two o'clock in the morning and leave out by four? They'll tell it to you. Mommy, you had left the door open and I saw you sucking on that man thing and he handed you some money. Were you a prostitute? Let's be real. And so now you don't want one sugar daddy. You want like 10 of them because most sugar daddies now are broke. So you need more, more than one. I got, I, there was a woman who told me 
right there in Washington Shores when I was driving the 319 and the 21 bus, 1030 at night. I had to leave 1035 off that lay lay layover, but 1030, she was sitting there. I said, what you out here doing in the dark waiting? I'm waiting for one of my baby daddies, one, uh, no, uh, one of my sugar daddies. One of your sugar daddies, what you mean? Oh, so let me tell you something. It used to be back in the day, you could have one sugar daddy. He'd take care of everything. I had to have sugar daddy to pay the car note. I had a sugar daddy to, to pay the rent. I have another sugar daddy to pay, keep, keep the lights on and get a little food, whatever, whatever. I said, how do you swing that? Well, on Monday, one sugar daddy come over, and Tuesday and Wednesday, I get let that other one come over because he's paying the rent and part of the car. I'm like, God, dog, what are you doing? You got with these kids. What about holding them to task? Well, they all upstate. I said, oh, man. Oh, man. So the baby daddies are smart. They're just paying you, getting a little sex, and they bounce them. And the ones who you have kids with, you let them spray all up in you, and now they're upstate. Go figure. What kind of thinking, jacked up thinking is this? And then you get older and you get the gray hairs. Sometimes you get a little out of shape. You don't look the way you used to now. That waistline is expanding. Gravity is claiming those beautiful titties that you have. The face is dropping. Gray hair, you gave up on trying to put the dye in the gray hair. You're doing that every day all week. Just give up. And you say to yourself, what mess did I create? And sometimes you see mortality and it won't be too long after that you're just gone. What kind of life is that? And the situation continues. Hopefully not. Your children get incarcerated. You get that call. You go to court and got to see that someone getting 25 years to life for this or this or that. Or one got sick. She was messing around with some old dude and caught something that's going to take her off the face of this earth. And you got to go to their funeral and you feel this thing because you know that as the mother, it could have been different. Because, see, you carried the child for about nine months if it went full term. I'm not blaming the mother, but it comes around the mother. Stop thinking invincible because it's going to be you. Oh, you get you get the nod in child support court. They're going to look out for you. You usually don't really look out for the man. They're going to look out for you when it comes time to get aid and all this stuff because, you know, they want your children to be wild coming up so, that, so, so they can get incarcerated and keep the whole cycle going. Like I said, it's engineered. The baby mama thing, fatherless home thing, it's engineered to produce more children that will run easily through the system to keep other people employed. They don't want you employed. They want to, you're supposed to be the reason why they are employed. You're supposed to be the reason why there are more cops and DAs and lawyers and judges and doctors. When y'all get sick with some bad disease, sexually transmitted disease, it's part of the system. You are the battery that fuels it. The fathers who don't want to be fathers and the baby mamas who don't know what to do and handing phones over to the children to watch on social media, to groom them to be even worse than you were in your youth. That's it. It's got to be it. GM Williams fool. I remember my late father stating not to date until one becomes established. Yes. He said no dating in high school and college. I thank him for this. Yes, I thank him for that, too. My script went a little different. My father told me that. Did I heed to it? No. It, it was a lot. It's a different kind of four-letter word that I was doing. It wasn't dating, but I got through it. But that really is the law. I'm going to say it again. I remember my late father stating not to date until one becomes established. He said no dating in high school and college. 
I thank them for this. You don't have time. Your brain doesn't form completely until 25 years old. Do all you can. Yes, our loins could be on fire. Do what you got to do, but your mind shouldn't be there. I can't say suck it up and keep stepping because, you know, some people will take it literally and be like, yeah, I did that last night. <laughs> Not to make jokes over that, that is a very serious thing. Because there's so much change that goes on with us. Let me take another sip, y'all. Take another sip. Oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> oh, God, one more. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's a bit of truth there. All praise is due to your late father. He said the right thing. You know, it's a real shame women have been left to manage without the men. I think it's a real shame that true wisdom has not been shared for both women and men so that men know how to not pull their zipper down and women keep their legs closed. See, a lot of times we blame more to men. And, oh, it's a shame it takes two to tangle. Like I said, I'm not going to blame one without the other if there's any blame because it takes two. What happened to holding out and waiting? We know a woman can get lied to and finagled and emotions, but in this day and age, in 2023, parents need to sit down with their children and tell them the real deal. We don't do that. Lots of times, uh, well, don't, don't, you know, save it till marriage and, you know, don't get caught up. And you got to tell them something specific. All of this sex being thrown around, all of these freakish designers making these clothes, man, man. I'm an old married man. I see all this ass out here. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm seeing it, but I'm not looking, but I'm seeing it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm glad I, I didn't come up in this generation. I have to buy a mountain to raise up the amount of kids that I have. But I don't paint the woman as just a victim. Like what you say, it's a real shame women have been left to manage without men. So in this picture, you see one. And maybe the man left her to manage without him. There's another one and 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 another one. That's no excuse. You should know better. I'm not blaming the women, but you should know better. Unbelievable. That's right. The sexual irresponsibility has reached epidemic levels. It's not some, oh, they've been left to fend. Like I took you out somewhere way out in the woods, way out in the country in a car, and you said you had to go pee, and you go pee, I hop behind a wheel and drive and leave you out there. That's leaving somebody. You know good and darn well when you put dick and pussy and you spray off up in there, you got better odds than winning that pinball machine that you used to play years ago in the mall. Come on now. We all know that. And we all are not dumb. That clear stuff will get you in trouble too. This is just the clear stuff leaking out. That will get you in trouble too. And we got to be blunt with our children, but not like we like I'm talking now. You know, I'm I'm a little entertainment in there, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I do things equal. I do things equal. It's both. And again, like I said, sometimes it's 55 one, one side and 45 the other. Sometimes it's 75 one side and 25 the other. Sometimes it's another thing. Who, who told the woman who molested me at five years old with the piece of candy up under her butt cheek when she was on the couch and I had to use my hands to pull it out? And then after a while, oh, oh, you can only use your mouth. And she found, we found it up under her titty. I found it up under her clit. So I'm sucking the candy out. She's like, but candy juice went in the skin, so keep sucking right there, right there. So did I have anything to do with that? I didn't know. I'm just doing this, and I'm like, are you hurting? No, 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 keep going. It feels good. That went on for a couple months. So we don't know the situation. We have women out here who are predators. They were church women who were using me, and I knew it, and I loved it. When I was 13, 14, 15 years old. Come on home with me and help me do some yard work. I'll pay you off. Yeah, they paid me off, all right. And I wanted it. I ain't going to lie. What if she had a disease? What if she got pregnant at her age, over 40? But she can get pregnant. You screwing a 14-year-old boy, a 13-year-old boy who wanted it. Because, see, I knew what time it was. And there were a whole lot of them. So that's why I'm blunt in the things that I say. I'm not just going to say something, read something, and be like, oh, well, um, it just has to be this way and that way. Sister Oyala says parents need to have a real conversations with their kids, not just throw a device at them so they don't have to deal with them. Exactly. I clap. That's right. Throwing that device. Throwing that device so they don't have to deal with them because they're on social media too, the parents half the time. GM Williams says, I believe in sexual responsibility if one isn't prepared for sex, abstain. Sex isn't uh, the be and end all. Get some hobbies. There's more to life besides sex. Read, sketch, be creative. Yes, and that, even at them ages, I was doing that. And coming up, that's what I was trained, you know, trained to do. You see what I mean? But even then, I was doing it. So we gotta, we gotta be ready because, like I said, every subsequent generation is a little more powerful than the ones before. And if Satan, meaning that wicked system, gets into their brain, see, we have them first to imprint the right thing in them first. It doesn't mean they're not going to feel anything when they get older, but they'll know, oh, mommy and daddy said this, and tell them why you're saying it. Because if you do this, I'm not trying to scare you, but you might get a sexually transmitted disease. You might have an unwanted pregnancy, which would derail your plans right now. You want to get better. If you feel the urge for this, which we understand that you might feel the urge for this at this age, understand it's not going to go anywhere. When you're 27, 28, not that you're going to wait that long before you settle down, but you're not going to let the whole sexual thing sway you into a relationship with somebody that just wouldn't work, but you didn't know that because you didn't take the time to learn them and understand them and date them and learn the energies of the opposite sex that you just did not like and would not tolerate. Because you can bend just about any old woman over and she look good from the back. <laughs> for real. If that's all you're looking for, you can just about bend over any old thing and like, you know, damn, look at her. She's straightened up now. It might be a different thing now. So is that all you got? Is that the criteria? Is that the only thing? Beautiful asses are beautiful. 
But there's much more to the world than ass, y'all. I always say it like the dude when I was bouncing in the club and I saw the dude in there, he saw the girl with the white uh, 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 pants on tight. And it was kind of see-through. And she had, the, she had the red panties on. And one side was pulled up more than the other. And back then I was like, yeah, I like it when it's pulled up in the cheek more than the other. Yeah, look at that. But you should have seen him. Damn, man, look at that girl ass. I want to marry her. That's all you banking a marriage on? Are you ready for a woman? And would you give away your precious resources and potential in life because of some chick in a hood running around with tight pants and nice looking booty cakes? Come on, man. I'm a man too. Them things are eye catching, but there's got to be more. And I'm out here in Africa, man. I there's ass I've never this brands of ass I never saw before. Would I be a fool and mess up everything and and, and go run after these chicks? I love my mother, motherland, but there's a lot of diseases running around out here too. And mess things up and be some 60-year-old dude, single, discouraged and kick me out the house. Can't get to my computers, no shows going on. I borrow somebody's phone to do a live show. Something wrong with Lawrence. I don't know. He ain't do nothing in three weeks. I can do all of this because I'm settled. I can do all of this because I'm on a certain trajectory. I showed you the big plate of food that I had last night. Yeah, it was a pan. I had to put it in the plate. But, but, but being settled has its, has its advantages. And even if you're not with somebody, you can still be settled in knowing who you are and what you won't tolerate. Single doesn't mean that you, you, you look, it's better to be single than to leapfrog from one bad relationship to another just to say you got a man or you got a woman. No, it's no good. You want to sleep deep at night. You want to eat good in the daytime. You, you, you want to have peace and harmony. And yes, you will have disagreements. But the best way, and some people say, well, I can't find no man. And I guess I better change my hairstyle. I best, guess I better do that. No. Get into yourself deeper and make yourself a better person. That shit works. You break up with somebody, don't just leap into something. Well, it's just for sex. Yeah, right. And you have sex with them and you ain't committed. That's like making a nice big tall thing of iced tea and you pour it on the floor. What do you do that for? You're wasting it. Save yourself for a chance. It sounds corny. Well, Lance, them, them stories you told me from back in the day, you wasn't saving yourself, and I'd be better off if I did. If I took all that time I took in them threesomes with the women and foursomes, with, and then they doing each other, and I'm doing them, and all that stuff I thought was the thrill, where the hell is it now? What if I got into this kind of thing? What if I stuck with the drawing of the pictures and put out something spectacular every week for, for, for 20 years before I started doing it and didn't do them things? I'd be a multimillionaire right now. All that good work. What do you think? Because it feels it holds you down if it's not where you are growing as a person proportionately. Sex is better when you write with yourself. You depressed? You ever masturbate when you're depressed? How do you feel after you masturbate? You came real good, and you're like, oh, damn, ain't nothing changed. <laughs> That's not going to change anything. You got to make yourself proud of who you are. You got to know that you're a person of standing. You got to know that you are a catch. 
I'm not just baby mama material. You better put a ring on it and mean it and be committed. Life can be short when you're effing up, but it can be nice and long when you make nice decisions over time and you're settled and you created a legacy as opposed to creating a mess. You see, let me take a sip, y'all. This water's good. Ah, talk about throat dry again, Oyala. <laughs> uh, and again, I'm not here to shame anybody or make anybody feel bad or throw off on anybody because lots of times in our life, we're in a certain situation and we can't see, you know, far enough into the future. How many times have we, I know, with myself in life that I made decisions like early on, like major decisions, nothing super duper major, but something semi-major based on my reality at the time. And maybe two years go by, five years go by. And I said, what the hell was I thinking about? What was I thinking about? Take your time. When, when you make these decisions, the only thing I can say for those who are being raised up in a hood mentality environment, Try to expand beyond that. It's a huge world out here. It's a huge, huge world. And while it's possible for all of us to touch down in every single country that there is on the earth, we're not going to live in every country for five years at a pop. You're going to have to live like 800-something years for that to happen. We have so many cultures. We have so many places and beautiful things to see, people to meet, things to learn. That would help us to grow to become a very interesting person, a well-traveled person. Not that you just hopped on a plane and dropped down. doesn't mean that. You can still have the hood mentality, like many who I know in the military, and travel all over the place at the dime of the government and come back and still be hood. But they can't be all the way because they've been exposed to stuff. The best way is to expose your children to things beyond what the hood will offer them or beyond what the public school will offer them because they want your children to be hood. They don't really want them to expand because they'll be a threat. All them Jewish teachers that I had at Young, they were watching me. They were trying to discourage me. They knew I was a threat. That's their job, to go into the schools and see who are going to be the brightest, regardless of the situations of what they have going on at home. And they want to snuff them out and or use them for their purposes in their system, but not to benefit you. If they see money in your child, they're going to get do the best they can to get them in a position to make money so they can benefit. You can benefit from your children. You're not looking to use them for money or anything like that, but why, why not you benefit from what you cultivate inside of them? But if you don't know what to cultivate inside of them, how are they going to do it? When they're on social media the whole time. And it makes us men feel as though, yeah, we players. We're going to get that. Look at that girl there looking at our sisters like pieces of meat. A naked black woman is a beautiful daggone thing. Beyond sex, the curves and the face and the lips and the eyes and the, and the natural hair and the thighs and the butt and that little triangle, it's beautiful. I'm talking on a higher level. I'm not even talking about on some dick hard level, just like, damn, she's beautiful. And she needs to be revered. 
And if she doesn't have any respect for herself, have respect for her anyway and let her know that she needs to up her game and be respected and demand that. I mean, that's kind of hard. Like you, you're not going to walk up with some beautiful naked black woman and just have this conversation, right? But I'm just saying, a lot of our sisters don't understand that they're not playthings. A lot of our sisters feel as though that's all they have to offer. So they will offer this to you. And it's for you not to say, get away from me, you hoe. No. Say, sister, you are so beautiful. God, you're beautiful. But I do respect you. And I appreciate your offer. But let's get to know each other so we can have a better, more fuller contact type of situation if that's what it's to be. Because a lot of our sisters are raised up in a way to feel that all they have to offer is some sex. Not all, but too many. And so when they are raised up in a way to have an appreciation for themselves and respect and to know that they have something to offer the world worthwhile, the sex becomes but one little thing amidst so many countless attributes that you can enjoy. And I ask these brothers, I say, have you ever sat down to speak with, and she doesn't have to be educated, but have you have ever sat down over dinner with a very intelligent black woman who thinks beyond the box and she's very ambitious? No, oh, man, you know, I meet a chick, man. You know, I try to bag that bitch, you know what I'm saying? I'm not calling them that. I'm just paraphrasing what we hear in the street. And so you miss out on so much because of you thinking on a lower vibration. And how satisfying could it be to those who have relegated themselves to ignorant baby mama status? I'm not saying all baby mamas are ignorant, but those who are and have put themselves in a position where they got to take care of all these kids. What does she have to offer? And brother, when you got 10, 15 kids all over the world and you dipping and dodging from that, you know, DNA situation with the courts, what do you have to offer? See, she may have to carry that child for nine months, but there's something on you also. You think you're getting away. There's an energy over your life if you don't do the right thing. You can get away with it for a little while, but you're not going to be as prosperous if you do the wrong thing. Mistakes happen in your ignorance. Granted, I'll let you go on that one. But when you're predatory and you see a woman who has many children that she has to take care of, leave her alone if you can't bring something into the situation, whether she's a baby mama ignorant or a baby mama intelligent. Leave her alone. Leave the woman alone. Go home and jack off to some porn. You'll save a lot of drama. I wouldn't even suggest that. Hold your horses and have a little discipline. The more you hold back, is the better it is when you get it. But when you get it, it's in a good, decent situation that's full and it's, it's proper and it's something you can be proud of and, 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 and splay out to the world and say, hey, this is my mate. We're married. We're committed. These are our children. We worked hard. We showed a little abs you know, abstinence and, and here we go. And guess what? You can be guilt-free when you're doing the do. You can be guilt-free with any freakish act that you both want to perform on each other with each other's permission. It's a beautiful thing. And after you finish doing what you're doing and you lay out and doze off and you have that sweet feeling in the back of your head, you're like, ain't nothing wrong with this. I'm a man and she's my woman. 
And this is what we do. And we love each other. It is no religion, no God, no nothing that can say we're doing it wrong because we're doing the right thing by each other. And that kind of sex feels even better. When you stuck it through all those years, through thick and thin, and you doing each other, and you looking like, damn, this is my woman. But when you don't have anything going on and you're low vibrational, you might be in the back seat of your car or the front seat of your car paying some chick to do something to you. You calling her a hoe. But in a righteous situation, that woman's your queen. And her lips are sweeter than anything th that you can pick up on the street. Believe that. And I have a theory also that when you are involved in meaningless sex over and over and over, you actually feel less of it. You feel less of it. You could be doing something and say, I don't feel nothing. Because you wore yourself out. You disconnected certain things. That's on a spiritual level. I don't need, we'll talk about that another time. But I have experienced that personally. I'm doing all these women, and it's like, it's averaging out. Look at the two of them down there doing, I don't even, so what? So what the hell happened? What's wrong with me? I always wanted this. Now I got it, I don't even feel it. I'm doing this all the time, and I, there's no connection. It just piddles out. One of them orgasms that don't count, like, why I even do this? <laughs> I don't even feel nothing. There's no connection. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, wow. I didn't know I was ranting on so long. I don't even think I started. I feel like I didn't even begin. It's always like that. I can't believe how fast the time went by. Let me take another sip, yo. Maybe I'll go a little longer. Oh, God. Woo! Watergasms. Good thing. It's a good, good thing. Mm, if you haven't downloaded the Landscurve app, please do so. I've added some more tabs onto it, and I will continue to do so. And all the work that all of our family here does will automatically be connected as the latest stuff, and everything, everything will be there. I work tireless, tirelessly on this platform, and I enjoy it. And you all have given me a mission a positive way to spend my time and a fun way to spend my time. And I hope you all benefit from it. Some days I'm a little crazy. Some days I'm a little more serious, but hopefully, you know, and anytime you want to come on and talk and sister Yala, yes, I got that little segment there. I'm going to hook it up and everything. I'm just so happy how we all relate to each other. And we keep this as a drama free platform. Any drama that's unwarranted, you got to defend yourself. If somebody comes at you, I'm not going to be mad at that, but all that behind the scene, call me and so we can talk and reach out to me. And you do your little devil work and you come up in here peeking on the fake profiles or you don't sign in. You know, I know all the tricks. See what I'm saying? 10 people go, 50,000 people more come. So what? Do your time on the earth and then transition. And go, go, go to your God and say, this is what I did with my time. I got better things to do with my time. I got to talk to my people. Sometimes I learn. Sometimes I get chastised. Sometimes I'm the one that chastised. But we have to have conversations. A lot of us are in our own world, and we have to be able to relate to each other. Bring back commitment. Even if you don't want to be married, I understand that. But bring back commitment, y'all, so we don't have this kind of thing going on. Take time. Make the man wait. Let him know this is not going to happen. You ain't going to just run up at me and bounce because it ain't going to happen. 
<clears throat> it can only happen with commitment. When they do your background check for guns, it ain't going to be like, oh, right on the spot, we do it. No, it's going to take a little time. We got to see what's in your background. You're not getting this. I need to meet your family. I need to know who they are. You need to meet mine. If you have no interest in meeting my family or, or who I call my family, it doesn't have to be blood. You might be living in a different state from your family. But it may be two or three of your good friends that have the gift of discernment to say that brother ain't no good. And he ain't going to want to do that because he just want to hit that thing and run. Or he'll come back and run back again. Make, make, make them wait. But you too hot in the drawers, you want to get it. Or you think that's the way to really get a good man. No. I don't care how good the coochie is. There's always the lure of the next coochie. That's just the way it is. But how you treat him, how he respects you, he will not want to lose what he has. And it's not about the coochie. That's just a, that's just a dessert. You got the five-star meal in a five-star restaurant. You think that it's five-star because of the dessert? No, it's because of the meal. What about your meal? What about your total courses? The course of integrity, the course of, of you wanting to better yourself and educate yourself more. I don't mean indoctrination. I mean, educate yourself more. This lifts you higher in the eyes of a good man. Even, even, even the lower vibrational brothers would want to violate you. They ain't got nothing going on for themselves. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, she trying, she trying to go to law school, right? She in law school, right? But you know, her daddy got a little something. She driving this Jaguar, you know, she got a little little condo on the east side. Of the, and you know what you tell your, the mother guys? Yeah, I like to go up there and tear that up. That's all you can see in the woman? And she show you the time of day to go on a date with you and she knows your DNA? You better straighten yourself up so you can ride with her. And ride high. I've known brothers who have uh, sisters, not their sister, I'm saying a woman who is interested in them and doing some great things. Great things in the world. And it wasn't a system, but it was in a way that they commandeered it. They weren't bowing or changing who they were. And this guy want to go get a hood, hood chick, a hood rat. Ain't nothing wrong with a hood chick who's intelligent who knows where she wants to go on the flip side. I'm not saying some baby mama who just want to be in that position. You find some hood chicks who are good business women who came that you can't knock them because they were born there. But some of these women have rise to the occasion and been world beaters and they were hood chicks, not hood rats. That's what a lot of these daggone basketball players, celebrities and athletes need to know about. That hood chick that you knew from elementary school, she might be the best one for you, except for the, you know, as opposed to that damn Becky, who know what her role is, blow his mind with some uh, uh, bestiality, because that's what it is. Black brother, would you mess with that one there? And when it's time for you to get frustrated, your career is not going good, you smack her one time, there goes your money. With her little biracial children, who decades ago would have been mulatto and one drop black, but they, their race is dying, so they have to include them. Come little biracial babies, you're not mulatto anymore. We changed the rules to beef up our numbers because we're dying. The sun don't want us. <laughs> Damn fool. You should have stuck with that hood chick who loved you. 
who remember when your ass was broke. So I'm not saying it's all bad in the hood. Choose wisely. Don't never let her go unless she does something bad to you, but don't let her go. Hell, I, you know, it should be where, you know, you love her as she is. But them other plastic chicks that, you know, lure you with their little, I'm not saying no BBL, but it, she want to get a little work done. If she wants it, I'm not for it. I'm, stay how you are. But if that's the hood chick that loves you, who got your back, who's ride or die, it's hard to find a ride or die chick. I'm not saying chick like a chick, like I'm disrespectful. That's the terminology. A ride or die woman. But I'll say chick because that's what we say. See, that's what I love about this chat room because we got ride or die women who come on to the show. See, Sister Oyala, she's a ride or die woman. I know that. I don't have to. I know that. She got you. But you better not do her wrong. The whole hood will beat you up if you do her wrong. You bring tears to her eyes. She's royalty. She's royalty. So you don't hurt somebody like that. You give, it a, you give her everything. Forget them big titty white with the fake plastic bag titties with no ass. Old two-dimensional backside. Old Gumby built bitch. Excuse my language. That's a white woman I'm talking about, so I'll use that word. You got a beautiful sister like that who will ride, ride or die with you to the end. You get sick, you give your all. She right there, hold your hand as you transition. The last beautiful sight you want to see on this level. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, right? Yes. I love you too, sister, because I know who you are. I know who you are, and I love you so much for who you are. I see you. I know you. I ain't got to know the government name, middle name. I ain't got to know the social security number. I know. That's what makes you even more beautiful. Yeah. Another ride or die is Sister Hope Rice. She may not be on this show, but she'll hear it. I'm calling your name. And we got so many of them here. And these brothers are going after white women. Are you crazy? Now, I'm giving props to the hood chicks. I'm not calling you a hood chick. I'm just using you as an example because it's the same spirit, right? But, but, but these brothers who get hit for millions and millions and millions and millions when they divorced a white wife that was never a wife. She was just a sperm receptacle for the time being until you found out she was that to take you off for the money. You know what? If that's the case, you see this picture in front of me? I'd rather take a baby mama. I'd rather take a baby mama who might now be ignorant, but I'll groom her. I'll take time on her until I raise the value of her coochie. I'm not saying just coochie. I'm talking hood riddles. <laughs> Where dudes who hit her could never hit her again because she'll learn her value. And you know what? I'd rather give her all the money and we share it together and she appreciate me for what I did and we'll ride off into the sunset. I don't care how many Negroes out there, man, I hit that back in 1995. You won't hit it again, brother. And what you hit, it wasn't there like it is now. Look at her now. But you wasn't man enough to affect the woman like that. I didn't say infect her, I said affect her. Because any real man, even if you don't lay in a bed with the woman, you will affect her life 
by what you have inside of you as a man, that she can look up to you and say, that's a real man, and that's the standard. So I don't have to mess with any old Rusty and Kirby in the neighborhood. So there's a lot of things going on. It's more than dick and pussy. But a lot of us don't know that. A lot of us don't know that. Wow. I'm loving the chat and the chat room. Oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta maximize this. This is a milestone for me. My love is deep for you too, Sister Oyala. It's cosmic. People don't understand. They don't understand. It's a beautiful thing. Amir Stuckey, goatee style. What's up, brother? <laughs> uh, you said, what did he say? I know a lot of cool white women, but they all have ailments. I could never. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can hang out with them. Let's do lunch. Amir, come on, let's do lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And when you don't hit on them, they start getting all insecure. Like you really got around them just to get into a relationship or some kind of sexual union. When you cool as a brother. I'm going to talk about that one day this week. The title will be White Women. That's all. Just white women. I'm going to ramble on about certain things that I've experienced not doing anything with them, but just being around them and whatnot. They start feeling all insecure, especially if, if you're a brother who, who, who is desirable, you know what I mean? And you go on to lunch and, oh, let's meet at the park. Let's go jog. See, white women things are different than sisters things. You know what I mean? You see, white women, you know, they take that stuff. Let's go to the park. What do you mean? You're special to me. We used to go to the park together every Saturday. That's a relationship for them. And when you don't start hitting on them after a while, it's like, something wrong with me. I'm talking about when they're interested in you whatnot, but you just cool with them. Well, you know, Amir, it's been... Four months, we've been meeting for lunch at, you know, you work across the street and I work here and we've been doing lunch. Um, we've been meeting Saturday and going to the park and, you know, I held your hand briefly and then something dropped and you picked it up. And I think you don't want me to give you any head. Do you think I'm undesirable? See, the white women are just as insecure. Don't believe them, them celebrity magazine pictures and airbrush, whatever. When they come to a black man and they competing with black women, they see the beautiful black women out there, especially the ones in the media and all that stuff. They see, and they see it in the street. Oh my gosh, she's got such beautiful skin. I want skin like that. Look at her lips. Well, listen, Heifer, 30 years ago, you were making fun of my sister's lips. Now you want them. No, I want them out the box as an original. I want the skin out the box as an original. I don't want no... Black woman in drag, which is a white woman trying to be a black woman. You see what I'm saying? I want the real thing. No, that's just as that's just as bad as you going out there messing with a man, picking him up and he got a dress on and some makeup on and fake estrogen titties and he gonna give you some head. No, that's not no woman. I, I, you know, I, nah, you a man. I want the real thing. And then when you deal with your sister. You got the spiritual connection. You can go higher and higher and higher. You can only climb to the first rung of the ladder. I'm trying to go all the way to the top of the daggone ladder. Don't limit me. What good is it being in the Lamborghini? You driving behind an old Chevy Chevette with smoke coming out, and all they're doing is 20, 15 miles an hour. Get out that lane and zoom high with your sister. That's right. That's what you want to do. <laughs> Anyway, we're coming up on a two-hour mark. I don't have to get up early, but I got to do a few things. We have more content to put up that I'm going to work on. 
um, for about another hour or two so that we have it. Maybe some of it will go up tonight because I still understand that um, it's midnight for me on 12.01 and it's 7.01 East Coast time. So if I can get this stuff up, you'll still have more stuff for the rest of the day. Oh, Master Glam, you coming in? You just missed it. We were hanging out and talking. But we'll be back. And I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe we'll do two lives tomorrow because honestly, I'm going to be home. I'm going I'm to do a little, Mrs. Scurvy is going to go up on the, on the, you know, up on the mountain and she did it today for about it. And she came in so late. She's like, I just got carried away. I was up there. I said, but you left out of here like seven in the morning. It's already seven again. What's up? Ah, <laughs> uh, she's prepping and prepping and prepping. Like, it's not like there's certain things, like everything is grown and green and everything. No, there's a lot of things planted that have yet to come up. And there's some trees that are there that are bearing and different things, whatever. So it's not what it's going to be because it takes time. But oh boy, oh boy, when all them seeds come up, and she's stroking it every day, weeding out every day. It's already cleaned out. And she's, I saw some weed. I got to spray this. Gotta. She does detail in the garden like I do on my artwork. I'll put the shading on her eyeball. I'll cast a shadow with, a, with one strand of hair when I want to get into my detail phase. I'm like, oh, my God. And when it comes up, <sighs> but I'm going to share every step of the way. And when I do go up there, um, I found that I have to do something one of the mornings this week. I won't say which one because, you know, I start to keep things discreet from the crazy ones out here. But there's one free morning and it won't be tomorrow morning. Be, you know, Thursday or Friday, I'll go up there and make you. Uh, and I'll do a long one. I'll do a long one, you know, a couple of hours. Just follow her behind and talking, follow behind her and, you know, sounded like I said, follow her behind, right? <laughs> no, I said, follow, follow her behind and, you know, talk. I said it. Mixed up with the words, right? And um, just enjoy that breeze. I, I, I want to make you feel the breeze through the camera. I want you to feel the tranquility through the camera. How am I going to do that? Got to have long pauses and quiet moments. Make you feel it. Might even take off the dead cat that keeps the wind noise from coming, just so you can hear a little. <laughs> oh, Indigo King, Reese. Master Glam. Oh, my God. You, y'all, y'all know 10 o'clock. Well, no, 10 o'clock for me, but 5 o'clock every day. You know, because if I did it at midnight, it may be a really rough day and it'd be too, like, too tired. This is like if I was tired and had a rough day today, then I could just say, okay, I'll do the show and I'll sign off. And then sometimes I'll go for three and four hours when it depends on how I feel. I'm going to set up the next show. We have some good topics coming up, things we're going to talk about and start. And um, <laughs> Master Glam was like, I was catching up with the last episode. <laughs> And I just didn't feel like showing my face today. Man, no, no big reason. I just wasn't, just wanted to focus on the words. That's the way it is sometimes. Plus, y'all see me, y'all know what I look like. No need to. Sometimes I, I might do it again tomorrow. Maybe not. I don't know. But right now, I got all the lights off and the room is dark and I can just focus on the words. Sometimes I, I like to do shows like that where it's just nothing. Mrs. Skirb conked on me a long time ago. She came in from the mountains. She didn't even half eat. I'm just going to shower. I'm going to lay down for five minutes. <laughs> five minutes was like what? Like five hours ago? Five and a half hours ago? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, here we go. I'm going all out this year for the gardens. The sisters really motivated me. Of course, definitely. And that's life. And that shows what we can do with each other. Oh, yeah, you're going to get that. You want me to do a 24-hour show soon? Might do it around my birthday time. 
and just talk and bring people in and talk and reminisce and talk stories, talk serious, talk crazy, talk sexual, talk whatever. They're going to think I lost my mind. YouTube is going to send some shrinks over here. Oh, we observed your last show, Mr. Skurve. We know you can be controversial. Yeah, the topics I really don't really agree with, but uh, you are a content creator that brings a lot of people to the platform, and we want to know if you're mentally fit to do shows anymore because you were on there for 24 hours and nobody does something like that. First of all, we have to make sure that your bloodstream is clean. We know you're an old man who has a lot of energy, but we want to know if you've been sniffing crack. <laughs> oh, I could do it. Positively Angela in the house. We have everybody here. And I'm on my way out. Everybody's showing it. Man, that's like when you show up to a nice party. Now, you know it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You're like, okay, this party's going to keep on going for a few more hours. But you see people. That, it's always in wintertime. You see people coming out the door with their coats on like, where are they going? That can't be the party where I'm going to. It could be some, some other apartment they're leaving out or whatever. And you see Everybody with their coats on, with a styrofoam plate, with aluminum foil over to take the extra food that they didn't eat. They're going to bring some plates home. And there's always two or three drunk fools still in the living room. It's a house party now, dancing to some old song. You making it hard for me. And they're always like a little older than what they... Pfft. You were rocking in the 70s. We come on, you ain't doing this in the 90s. The 90s music in this 2023. And you're there and they're like, come on and get a plate, baby. We ain't in the party. But you want to be there when everybody's there. <laughs> the real nanny. Welcome. Wow. Dang. I feel bad. I feel bad. But I definitely have to do a few things here. And I definitely have to end it. And um, we're going to be back. And yes, I'm going to try to work on that show, Positively Angela, so we can have the link. We can share it. Uh, uh, Psalm 91, you said, I think that was. 91st Psalm, Psalm 91. I think that's what you said, right? And go to Positively Angela's page and subscribe. Just go there and do it. You'll thank me later if you're not subscribed. See, I talk to Ying Yang here, and I talk some, I talk some more right stuff here. But Positively Angela, she breaks it down. See, I'm like that mechanic that'll like, I'll take your car and I'll fix it in two or three weeks. You bring the car in, and you're like, well, when can I bring it? Right now. Come in right now. I have a place for you. And she's looking you dead in the eye while playing around under the hood. Vroom, vroom, and everything is right. Like, oh, God, how'd this happen so fast? I'm not going by Lance no more. He takes too long. But you could be in the mood for me and come around when you want to kill some time. But go ahead, and you see Positively Angela's name right here. If you're not in the chat room right there, please go do that. Please. She, 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 she will get you right with the law. <laughs> anyway, let me run. Um, like I said, if you haven't downloaded the Landscape app, download it. It has all the, all the playlists there and, and so much more. And all of the people that you see there, that's not all of the work. I have interviews with people who have come through one time and that's it. Different shows, all different types of shows. You think about the topic. I'll tell you one thing. I'll talk about anything. You give me a topic, I'll talk about, I'm not going to talk about NASCAR, NASCAR racing or kangaroo boxing or something. I'm not, that's not what I'm into. But life and things in life, realistic situations, I've seen it. A lot of things I've done and been in it, and I'll share it. I'm very transparent. I'm not going to lie. That's what you'll get from me, transparency. Did a little dirt in my life, broke a few hearts. But other than that, I think I'm a good guy, but I'll bring it to you. All right, y'all. Anyway, I hate to bounce, but it's after midnight and I still have some work to do. And um, I got to focus in on that. But I really appreciate your presence being here. And um, 
It's changed my life just being here. It's changed my life meeting you guys. Whether I met you face-to-face or not, it's not about the physical meeting. It's the spiritual joining, and it's a beautiful thing, and that's why I love you all very much. Uh, Anyway, let me go, and um, we'll be back tomorrow, and I have more content tonight. I have have too much content to make tonight. I don't have to stay up until tomorrow, but I'm going to do what I have to do and put it up. All right? Take care, everybody. Much love. Bye-bye. of a land filled with luxury. He said, black man, follow me to America. There you'll find more gold for your labor. Our foreparents were tricked onto his boat. Since that time we've been wrestling with the gold. We landed here in Jamestown, Virginia, 400 years to suffer. So my friend, it's easy to tell, white man heaven is black man hell. When the slave master wanted to have some sport, he would heap on our parents' cruelties of the worst sort, burn them at stake, hang them on trees. His ears were deaf to our parents' pleas. Though you were pregnant, black woman, you pull the plow like a horse, like a dog, even a cow. He filled your womb with his wicked seed. His half-white children, you were made to breed. Oh, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven is a black man hell.
so-called Negro. Open up your eyes, black man everywhere is on the rise. He has kicked the white man out of Asia, and he's going fast out of Africa. With every ounce of strength and breath, his cry is give us liberty or give us death. The whole black world has their eyes on you to see what the so-called Negro is going to do. So my friend, it's easy to tell our unity will give the white man God made a promise to Abraham his seed would be a stranger in a foreign land they would suffer and be afflicted four hundred years but he would come wipe away their tears our God and Savior Allah has come he has declared the white man's day is done he has given us a divine messenger one prophesied to come his name is Elijah we now can stand up the whole world to tell our God has come to give us heaven and take the devil into Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our names, our language, our culture, our God? and our religion. Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, 
till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took jute, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east by the Nile River. We were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality. We wore silken robes and slippers of gold. We were the wealthiest and the wisest people, I'm told. Now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door. So, my friend, it's easy to tell. White man heaven is black man hell. When the white man came to America, he told the Indian, I am your white brother. He said, Red man, I'll treat you the best. Yet and still he pushed the Indian further west with his white woman and fire water. With tricks and lies, he stole America, the original owner of this nation, is cooped up on a reservation. So, my friend, it's easy to tell, white man heaven is black man hell. He needed someone to work the land. His back was too weak. He needed you, black man. So he commissioned Sir John Hawkins to commit the world's most grievous sin. To take a man who's born to be free and bring him down to slavery. To sell a man as merchandise. On his body put a price Oh, my friend, it's easy to tell White man heaven is black man hell 